Welcome to Profession Session, where I interview young entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals that are highly ambitious and successful and talk about the stories that brought them the success that they have. This is my second breakdown video. I do these every time I hit five interviews. So I recently put out my 10th interview and I'll just be breaking down the different takeaways, lessons, and things that I gleaned from the most recent five interviews I had. So this is interviews six through 10 that I Number six, this was an incredible interview. I interviewed someone named Jesse Ladson. He's the CEO of Ladson Construction, a construction company out of Jacksonville, Florida. He has been in the construction industry a while. His company is doing about $30 million in sales per year and growing potentially on track to hit 50 for year four. So has really, really done a great job growing this company. He had an absolute litany of amazing lessons to share with me, but there's a few that really Really stuck with me. One thing that really stuck with me that he said was this concept of this mindset of not ever feeling like he's actually successful. It may be very obvious that he has had success by just the numbers that his business shows, $30 million in sales in such a short period of time. But he has this mindset of feeling like he never has achieved success yet. By doing that, keeping that humility, he always feels like he has to strive more to gain that success success. Having that mindset will continue to just drive you forward and make you want to achieve more and do better. So I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, it's something I've thought a lot about just in my own life. It's something I'm trying to implement with myself because you know, I have a similar ambition to achieve a lot. I think by having that mindset, even when you do have those big successes, kind of getting back to it, getting back to the grind, I think that's really important. And it's kind of tied into just another thing he segued into from that, which was just staying competitive with yourself. Something that he shared with me was when he wakes up and looks at himself in the mirror every day, the biggest thing to him is that he is beating the man in the mirror, that he is being better than the man in the mirror every day himself. He really tries to maintain that competitiveness within himself and do better every day. I thought that was really awesome as well. Another really important thing that I got out of my interview with Jesse, and I've heard this a few times now, how paramount it is to have a mentor. This transfers over to all industries, all pursuits of profession, really. If you find a mentor, ideally, you know, you want to find someone further along and that has had success in this particular thing because them going through the process of gaining that success, they've gone through a lot of those hardships and failures already. And the more you can learn from that and avoid making those same mistakes yourself, the quicker you can grow and catch up to that point that they've attained. It's kind of a shortcut, really, than any industry is just finding a really great mentor that is willing to share good information with you. And a lot of times people are willing to share that. And it's not a one-sided relationship either. You get a lot of value out of mentoring people. He talked about that as well. He makes himself better by mentoring these people that are a little behind him in the industry because they ask him really good questions that force him to hold himself to a higher standard. So I thought that was a really great point, finding a mentor. And then eventually, even when you get to the point where you have a lot to share yourself, finding a mentee to share those things with. I think that's really important. Another really important note that Jesse shared was about thinking through your day and taking a self inventory and just thinking about, okay, was I productive or was I just busy today? This really applies if you are a business owner and you're trying to grow a company or just trying to grow a brand. So what he meant by this is when he gets home at the end of the day, he thinks about whether he was caught up in all the, the daily minutia of running the business or 
whether he was actually making strides to improve certain things that were bottlenecked in the business that needed to be fixed so that the business could actually grow and that the employees can actually grow as a result of the things he's doing. I thought that was a really important note because many business owners really do get bogged down in the daily operations of their business, never able to grow because of this, because they can't figure out ways to make a new hire, automate a process. You really can't expand in the business past a certain degree if you don't find ways to actually grow the business. It sounds obvious, a lot harder to actually implement in real life. And taking this kind of daily self inventory of your time is a really good step towards that. Favorite note that I got from Jesse, and the thing I've thought about the most is this passive stream of income he has that we talked about. So he spoke about some large events that he's gone to, some mastermind events and coaching events that he's gone to. And one thing he took action on after going to one of these events is he actually refinanced his house and took some equity out of his house and bought a rental property specifically for the purpose of hosting it through Airbnb. On the surface level, this sounds like you would be taking on a, just a very large load of work. And if you do have the time to manage a property, then maybe this is something you would want to do. But for most people, they're way too busy to be managing a property. So it might sound like something a little bit out of reach. But the way that he actually has this set up is that he bought this property. Obviously, you are responsible for the down payment, right? The mortgage payment, furniture, utensils for the kitchen, household supplies, all that. It's like if you were to buy a house for yourself. So this is something that requires an investment up front to get started with, obviously. But once you have made that initial investment, if you're able to find a really good property management company, they can essentially just take the entire daily operations off your hands. They literally just take 25% of the profit of whatever is actually being made from hosting the Airbnb in exchange for doing all of the hosting, listing the house, marketing it on Airbnb, running the operations, correspondence with the people that are renting it through Airbnb, cleaning everything. The reason this really stood out to me is that if you are in a position where you can make that initial contribution, initial purchase towards doing this, and you set this up the right way, you put in a little bit of work and a little bit of capital up front, this thing just becomes a money machine that you barely have to touch. He emphasized the fact that he really only ever gets a call if something has to be replaced in the house, and it's really just to open up his checkbook. But he has about $15,000 coming in monthly in passive income that he really doesn't have to do any work for just because he was willing to go ahead and do that work, set it up on the front end, set it up the right way. To me, this is a no-brainer. This is something I've already started looking into doing myself because if you can set it up the right way, it just becomes passive income that you can just watch roll into your bank account with very little effort. So it's a no-brainer. Another thing is if you find a house that you like on the beach or something, you could just block that property off anytime that you'd like to and just go stay in it yourself. Use it as kind of a vacation property that's making you money. Being able to make money passively off of something that you can also use as a vacation rental property, absolute no-brainer to me. Very obvious why this has really stuck with me more than anything else. I started doing some of my own research into this. There's lots of property management companies out there. I mean, they're everywhere. But an important note that I got from a little bit of research was that you really want to make sure that you find a good local property management company, something fairly smaller that is really trying to service their clients well. If you go for a large national property management company, they're all about the bottom line. 
Uh, they just want to make sure that on a month-to-month basis, they are managing more properties one month than the month before. So if they lose a couple due to poor management, it's not a big deal as long as they're getting more than they're losing. And this is important because if you went with a company like this, they're probably not going to manage your property very well and you're going to have more headaches. It's not going to be that passive income without the work that you were looking for. You want to find a really solid local property management company. Ideally, that's not managing more than probably five to 10 properties. You know that they're going to have the time, the bandwidth and everything to manage it to a high degree and really do a good job for you. Other than that, of course, I'm going to continue to do research in this. I might even put out some updates as I go along. Other than that, this seems like such a no brainer if you do have that capital to invest on the front end. Something to strive for and maybe save a little bit up for if you don't have that capital. To get specific with the numbers, I don't know what the down payment on his house was or his mortgage was, but he was willing to share that he paid about eight to $10,000 furnishing the house and getting supplies. The house is bringing an average of about $15,000 a month in for him. Probably a little bit more expensive house. He's obviously a little further along in his real estate career than most people might be if they're getting into something like this. But seeing the trade-off of those numbers, it really seems like a no-brainer. But the next interview that I did was with my little sister, Jordan, who I am just incredibly proud of. This was a really, really cool interview for me to do because she's made some really awesome strides in her professional career. It was just cool for me to be able to talk through that, get to know more about the specifics of it, and just to be able to highlight her as my little sister because I'm proud of her. The first thing that she talked about was the reason that she has gotten promoted in every job that she's ever had. The reason that she's been able to to do this is because she's always going the extra mile and making sure to be there when it's time to get recognized by management. The important note here that I got was if you are trying to climb the ranks in your organization or in your career, you really need to make sure to go that extra mile, show that you are a team player, you're reliable, you're there, you're not going to be a problem, and that you are responsible because when the time comes for some kind of promotion or some kind of opportunity within the organization. If you've shown that consistently over enough time, you're going to be top of mind when it comes to them making that decision. And it's going to be obvious that you are the person for the job. So that's just going to elevate your ability to climb the ranks, whether you're trying to climb the corporate ladder within your own organization or trying to get a foot in the door on an opportunity. Really good note about just going the extra mile, showing your reliability. Another really important thing that Jordan talked about was in management. She's been in some solid positions of management over the last couple of years, and she kind of got thrown into it initially, but really was able to do a great job and was able to run a team that was actually the leader in her whole region for sales on a weekly basis for months consistently. And she was able to do it because she really went out of her way to manage her team properly. The biggest note I got on this was that she went out of her way to make sure that her whole team felt a sense of togetherness and that they were close and knew each other well. Ultimately had more empathy for each other and were 
less willing to make some choice that would be at the expense of anyone else in the organization. Building a really strong team through different team building exercises, outings, whatever that looks like, having a strong level of communication within the whole team to make sure that they feel a sense of responsibility to each other and that they don't make decisions that make management more difficult. They just run as a smoother, tighter unit with less mistakes happening. So I thought that was a really important note for anyone who's in a position of management or is looking to eventually be in a position of management. Make sure to curate your team properly, build it really strong, make a cohesive unit. Jordan and I also talked a lot about just some of the the really crazy, difficult stuff that we've been through in the last year that we've kind of had to persevere through and work together through. And so there's a lot in there that was just really, really awesome to be able to go through with her as well. So check that out. It was wild and it was it was really cool. The eighth interview that I did was with my roommate, Holton. Holton is a great friend of mine, my roommate. And so this was a cool one to do because we talk about work a lot. I see him pretty much every day and we'd catch up on work at the end of the day. So I knew a lot about what he did already. It was cool to be able to go through this, talk about a lot of that and get into why he does it, what's behind it and get into that. Huge takeaway that I got from my interview with Holton, the concept of really striving to help grow and build your community in whatever it is that you're doing. It has to do directly with what he does for work, but I think this transfers over to really anything that you're doing as well is having that kind of deeper sense of community behind it. There's a lot of value in that, especially in the world of business, professionalism, being willing to really help put some value into your community, I think is going to pay itself back in dividends and just the goodwill and the connections that it builds. I thought a lot about this as it pertains to what I'm doing here with this podcast. Okay, how can I use this podcast to help grow the community? I'm in Orlando, so how can I use this podcast to help grow the community of business people and professionals in Orlando? And how can I use it to maybe even help grow the community of podcasters in the business space and the space that I'm interested in? That's something that's really factoring into the way I think about this podcast now. So that was really, really cool. Another huge takeaway from my interview with Holton is we are both 25 years old. He has found himself on a foundation board now as of this year where he is by far the youngest person ever to be on the board and currently still the youngest person to ever be on the board and currently on the board. The reason he was able to do this is because he really had a strong conviction and belief that his input and his perspective as a young person and being from a different generation was valuable and had a place in the foundation board he wanted to be on. I thought this was just the coolest thing ever. I mean, I think there's a lot of value in just thinking about this on on all scales. If you're also a young person, while we might not know as much and we don't have as much experience, there may be doors that could be opened up to you if you really figure out a way to sell people on the value of the perspective that you bring being from a different generation and just having a different thing that you could bring to the table, a different perspective that you could bring to the table. So made me think about what I'm doing and while I am only 25, I just have a new perspective from a new generation that I would like to bring to the world of business podcasters, professional podcasting. So I'm thinking a lot about that now and it was very empowering just hearing that from someone else. It was empowering to me and, and I hope it is empowering to everyone who hears it. Another thing that Holton talked about, there are many unique positions in different companies out there that could 
really fit what you're looking for as a professional that you may have never guessed. It's important not to look over these. The example that he used was his own story. He was never really a finance guy, not really a numbers guy in general, not super analytically focused. He's really a people person. So he was looking for something community building, something that dealt with people a lot. And he works for a bank now. And as an inexperienced professional coming into the field, at first glance, you might think, oh, working for a bank, that's going to be all about numbers and all about finance. But he's found himself in a position with the bank that he works at where it's all about people. It's all about the community. It's all about growing the community through the lens of the bank that he works for. I think the really important takeaway there is that you should think about what it is you want to do, what kind of position you might want to have, but don't overlook things that might pass you by. I mean, look everywhere and don't count things out that might seem like they don't perfectly fit that mold of what you're looking for because there are positions for whatever you're looking for and in all kinds of different companies that you might never have guessed. And then another huge takeaway from my interview with Holton was the concept of always being willing to go after new opportunities. He has gotten himself some amazing opportunities just by being willing to try all kinds of opportunities that come at him. He always talks about how he really never says no to a networking event or opportunity that gets put on his desk and that is available to him. And he really, really is very opportunistic about those things that he has the availability to go to as a part of his work. And that's brought a ton of growth to his work and also gotten him into organizations, foundation boards, and and other things that don't even necessarily directly relate to his full-time position. Position, but are allowing him to grow as a professional to such a higher degree just because he's really, really willing to put himself out there and do a lot, be there a lot. It's something that even the CEO of his company has taken notice of and has been willing to speak up for him and help throw him a bone for new opportunities. Even though he's a young guy, hasn't been with the company as long as some other people, from really putting himself out there and never saying no to opportunities, it's really shown that he he's a go-getter and has brought in him way more great opportunities and growth. So I thought that was a hugely important point. Always be willing to put yourself out there. You never know what kind of people you're going to talk to or opportunities may come your way as a result of going to something and putting yourself out there. The ninth interview that I did, Eli Elmore, who is a photographer, content creator that works for a few different media companies, freelance, and then does a lot on his own as well. He had a lot to say about the media industry in general that I thought was really valuable. So this was a really cool conversation being that, you know, doing this podcast, I've kind of found myself in the media space. So we got into that a little bit. Huge takeaway that I got from my interview with Eli was the concept of being willing to share information that you've learned for free with people just to put it out there. I think this is super valuable. This was a huge takeaway because sharing that information and just putting that out there for people to gain from and to learn. First of all, it's just great for the community. Whatever community you're in, it's going to be good for that community. It's going to grow it indirectly benefit you being in that community as a result of it just being better for having more information spread. So that's one thing. Just putting that information out there, going back to the idea of putting yourself out there, the more you're willing to share that, give that away 
away for free is going to bring opportunities back to you. I really believe that. I've seen that a lot in just things that I've done. If I'm willing to share a little bit about what I do, you know, people really appreciate that and think of you as someone that they would like to bring some value to. It creates a lot of goodwill, creates great connections, great friendships doing that. And I think it's really valuable, just really great for the community as a whole in general. So I thought that was really cool. He also made a point that, you know, he himself has learned that it is incredibly important to actually be willing to pay for further education yourself. So if you're finding yourself at kind of a crossroads where you, you're trying to learn something and you're having a difficult time, really struggling to grow and break a plateau that you're at, he talked a lot about this process that he went through of trying to get better at photography and maybe some of the business behind photography. And he just decided to reach out to people, try to ask them questions and didn't have a ton of luck just asking people questions. But he decided for whatever reason just to to offer someone who had been in the industry a little bit longer than him and had some more experience. I think it was 200 bucks for kind of a training session where he was looking to learn a particular thing. And he ended up getting way more value out of that session than he even expected to. He learned what he was looking to learn and way more. And the important point that he made was that because he made this person that he was paying for this training session feel valued in what they were bringing to the table, they really were willing to share to a much higher degree and really give him way more value. And he genuinely came out of it feeling like he got way more value than what he felt like he paid for just because he was willing to show that that was important to him. So I thought that was a really important note. People have to make a living and people also like to feel valued in what they do. And if you're able to show that value with paying a little bit for the education really goes a long way and this even can turn into a, a really great mentorship down the road where this person continues to want to share information with you and and help you in the industry help you grow because of that connection that you built another thing that Eli talked about kind of the central tying together factor of why he does what he does is he always likes to remind himself of the purpose of why he's doing what he does and I thought that was really cool it made me think about what's my purpose doing this? Why, why am I doing this? And for me, it's about education. It's about having these awesome conversations with these people that I've been lucky enough to have access to somehow and compiling that information, organizing that information in an entertaining format so that I can share it and have more people learn from it. I think that's that's the purpose of why I'm doing this. And, and I started thinking about that just because of this conversation I had with Eli and how important his own personal purpose behind what he does for work is to why he's doing it. So I thought that was a really important takeaway as well. The 10th interview that I did was with my good friend, Devin Roberts, who was actually my first interview as well. So in our first interview, we talked all about sales. This interview, we talked about NFTs, Web 3.0, cryptocurrency, blockchain, and the future of business as it pertains to some of the new technological innovations that all of those things are bringing. So this was a really cool conversation for any, any tech junkies, any tech nerds like me. If you're into that stuff, this was a really cool conversation and you should check it out. The reason I wanted to bring Devin on to talk about this was that a lot of people think of NFTs as just art and hype, 
and that it's kind of a bubble that's going to pop. That particular part of it, that may be true and only time will tell with that. I feel like that school of thought on it is kind of missing the point of the value that they really bring to the table in the business world. There's a lot behind the technology of NFTs that is going to be widely, widely applicable to business and just bring new types of opportunities that were not possible before this technology came about. Check out the interview to get a little bit more into the weeds of that. We went through all kinds of different examples of the ways that this is already being done. One notable example that we talked about was you take Spotify, for example, like a music streaming service. An artist could release an exclusive song as an NFT that is only available if you actually purchase one of the limited amounts or maybe just the one copy of this song. As it stands, artists or whoever their production label is have obviously the rights to license out the music that they own to these streaming services and make money off of that. But if an artist was to release one copy in form of NFT of an exclusive song that would not be available anywhere else. The way this is able to be packaged with all the contracts tied in and the trackability, the reliability of it, you could buy that as a consumer or just someone interested. And then you would have the rights to actually license that song out on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, YouTube, whatever you want to make money off of it with as the owner of it. The artist also makes whatever the selling price of the song was that they sold it to you for. And then if you were to sell those rights down the road, the artist is actually benefiting a percentage off of every transaction that happens there. So I think that's a really good example just to kind of tie in what the applications of this are. Has a lot more to do with just the the reliability and the trackability of contracts that are built into the actual NFTs themselves that just make this much more widely applicable to different things that are happening technologically, different digital assets that could be utilized within an existing business or could have an entire new business created around them. So if you're someone who's into you know having side hustles, if you know your technology pretty well, and maybe you're just looking to start a business or something, there are ample opportunities now to start some kind of business or add to your existing business with this new technology. So it's definitely something that's really worth looking into. There's a lot more that we talked about in this. That was just one example that we got into. We talked about the metaverse a little bit more about cryptocurrency, but I feel like that was the one single kind of big thing that I want to focus on from that interview is just that there are such broad applications for this new technology that's coming. And I think it's it's really important if you want to be in the entrepreneurial space, if you have a business and you want to stay ahead of things and you want to grow as these new technologies come out to just learn a little bit about it and see whether there might be opportunities for you in the space because it's really lowering the barriers for entry into different formats of business. And I think that's just the coolest thing ever. I think we're gonna see just a technological explosion coming from this very soon in the world of business. So look out for that. These have been just a few things from uh, the last five interviews that I've done. If you haven't seen some of these interviews and you thought some of the stuff I talked about was interesting, some of these takeaways and lessons were cool, go check out some of those interviews I'll put the links to them kind of throughout the video. 
Uh, so you probably would have seen those as you were watching through. I'll put links in the description of this video as well. So you can go back and see those and kind of check out those guests, see what they were talking about. Thank you so much for watching and look out for the next five interviews and the breakdown after that. This has been Profession Session. Thanks for watching Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vincent. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, or TikTok at Profession Session on all channels. Stay tuned for new episodes and short little clips of deep dives into specific topics across all of our channels. If you know a young standout professional business owner or entrepreneur with a unique or interesting story, DM us anywhere and let us know, and they may be the next to tell it here on Profession Session. Until next time, stay focused, Stay hustling and stay networking. This has been Profession Session.